welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Good looking group. You you all made it out even though it was cold. Uh, Hey, look at your neighbor and say this with me. Say, bring somebody with you next week. Amen. There's good stuff going on here, and we want to just share it with as many people as we possibly can. Well, we're, we're glad you're here, and uh, man, looking forward to an exciting 2024 for the church, and uh, man, we just love all of you and praying for you and believing for good things. Uh, if you have any needs or prayer requests in your life, please make sure you're letting us know about that. Uh, you say, how do I do that? Real simple. Um, on the seat back in front of you, there's a card you can fill out, and at the break here in just a moment, you can bring uh, the card here and put it in the bucket, so you can also bring your offerings forward and put them there, too. That's how we collect our offering. But um, <clears throat> if you have a need or prayer request, let us know that so we can be praying, praying for you. And uh, also there are a couple other ways you can do it. You can go to the website, and there is a place anytime during the week you can contact us, and we get notified relatively quickly and can reach out to you. And then last of all, if you just want somebody to gr- join hands with you and pray with you, uh, at the end of the service, we'll have a prayer partner team, some of our members that will be up here on the right-hand side uh, as you're exiting. You can just come forward. They'll, they'll agree with you in prayer and stand and fight the good fight of faith with you and watch you uh, just get the victory because that's what Jesus purchased for us. Amen? Amen. So we're glad you made it out to worship with us and glad you're here today. Uh, do want to let you guys know, most of uh, everybody here is family, do want to let you guys know that at the end of this month, uh, the last... Wednesday night of January, uh, we're going to have our 2024 vision casting meeting. During that meeting, we'll talk a little bit about the financial update for last year and how we finished out. But uh, you know, I don't want anybody thinking that that's a uh, you know a money meeting, right? Oh, that's going to be a small part of what we're going to do. Really, what I'm going to be talking to you about is the vision and some really fresh things that the Lord has dropped in my heart uh, for 2024. And uh, I don't know. If, I mean, I haven't shared them with you yet, but I can tell you, I'm excited. I'm excited for what the Lord has in store for us in 2024, and so we're going to share that on a Wednesday night, uh, the last Wednesday night. So if you call this your church home, uh, I would encourage you to just put that one on your calendar if you don't normally come on Wednesday nights and make it out for that, because we're going to be sharing a lot of good information about our building fund, our vision, our plan, and so uh, make sure you make it out for that. Amen? Amen. Well, listen, we want to collect our offering now, or actually pray over our offering now. We will, uh, you, as we said, we collect that by you bringing it forward. But, you know, um, we've, we've never been and we never will be a church that begs for money and, and twists arms for money. Uh, we just uh, incur- we take this t- moment in our service really just to give you an opportunity to worship God and obey him and do what he says. And, and if everybody does what he says and everybody's obedient, then God takes care of the church. Amen. And so uh, I just encourage you today that as we're giving right now and praying over this offering, we're going to extend our faith with you as the pastor and Delisa. We're going to extend our faith with you and just believe God for a return on your, your giving. But our heart is we're giving because we want to worship God. We want to thank him, right, for, for being that shelter and, and for providing that cross for us and, and recognizing that he is our source. And so uh, as you're giving this morning uh, and as we pray, let's just give with that attitude. If you're giving by check, Grace Family Church, you can make it too. Uh, cash goes in the offering envelope. And then uh, you can give online as well. There's online methods, and a lot of people do that. But uh, during the break, you can bring your offerings forward. Also, do want to let you know, as we're talking about the giving, um, uh, this week, your financial giving for 2023 will go out. So you can use that for your taxes when you claim your taxes. Thank God we live in a country that allows us to do that. Uh, so I would ask you just to look over those carefully, make sure they're 
they're accurate. If you see anything missing, let us know, and we'll make sure we fix that. But I don't, I don't think we, we never really run into much of that, maybe once here or there. But, um, but if that's you, just let us know, and we'll make sure we get that straight. But those are coming via email. Uh, so if we don't have your email address, then you need to let us know that, right? Did, did, did the sound just change a little bit? Maybe it just did for me. Um, but anyway, um, uh, those are coming via email. So um, if we don't have your email address, please make sure you see an usher or somebody and let them know that, um, what your e proper email address is so we're getting that information to you, okay? All right, let's pray over our offering. Believe God for good things. Father, thank you so much. We love you, and we thank you that you're a God that meets all of our needs according to your riches and glory. You meet the needs of the church. I thank you that every bill that we have here is paid on time and that there's abundance left over to accomplish the work that you've called us to accomplish, and we just give you praise and thanks for that because that's who you are. And also thank you, Father, for those that faithfully give to this ministry, Father. I thank you that you are blessing them. I thank you because they're honoring you with their giving and they're being obedient to you in their giving, that you are their partner in their finances. And you're going behind the scenes to set them up for financial success, to meet their needs according to your riches and glory, to make sure that all their provision is taken care of, and to give them an abundance so that they have uh, finances left over to be a blessing and to enjoy the good things of this life. And so I just give you praise and thanks for that being accomplished in the heart of your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, stand to your feet with me. We want to dismiss our uh, first through fifth graders out with Joe. Give Joe a hand again. Let him know we love him. We do. We appreciate him. I always say this about Joe. He's like the U.S. mail. He just keeps on coming, man. He's here every Sunday morning, and he, he blesses our kids, and our kids love him. They actually love him. You know, I've, I've been around just to, not, to, not to brag on Joe, but, um, you know, I've been in ministry since I was 18 years old, and I'm 57 now. Um, and I've seen a lot of dynamic, you know, bells and whistles and things with children's ministry. But what I found to be true, I taught kids for 10 years. What really matters to a kid is that they know that you love them. And I got to tell you, Joe loves our kids. And the reason I know it is because they look forward to seeing him every Sunday. And so thankful for you, Joe. We love you. Appreciate you. If you ever, guys want to ever bless him, we give him a little bit for helping us. But if you ever want to bless him, reach out and let him know you appreciate him. That would be great. All right? Let's meet and greet and fellowship. Shake a few hands. Bring your offerings forward. And then we'll jump into the word here in just a moment. Get it back to their seats. Um, just want to remind you guys. Um, I will tell you uh, once again about our vision casting meeting at the end of the month, but I will tell you um, there's just some real excitement in me, over, especially over the last couple of weeks. The Lord's really been dropping some things and really renewing some things in my heart um, that uh, he spoke to my heart a long time ago when he had called me back here to start the church. And I, I'm so excited to share that with you guys. But, you know, part of that is, you know, for the last couple of years, um, we've been sort of focused on, uh, as a church, just, just doing what God says and, and, and really just, uh, uh, just, just really honing in and, and, and approaching his presence. And we, that's absolutely part of what we do. But, but I got to tell you, when, when you're connected with God and when you are following God, um, there is reproduction that takes place. There is growth that takes place. And so one of the things the Lord's really challenged me, I started talking about this program again uh, last quarter, but uh, our 54321 program is something the Lord dropped in my heart many, many years ago. And it's a simple little program, and it's not to grow a church. It's not to say we get to a certain number. Uh, how many of you realize that God's heart is people? He loves people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus to reach people, uh, the lost, the hurting, and the unchurched. And so I can tell you, you know, there's no interest in me in pulling people from another church where they're being faithful and they're getting ministered to. But what is in my heart 
is to reach your friends, your family, your co-workers that don't have a church home, that don't go to church on a regular basis. That is our calling. That is not just my calling. That is not just the church's calling. That is your calling. We will all stand before God and give an account for that. And so our 54321 program, is just a, it's just a vision to just sort of get us all focused on the same thing. And it's simply this, that, that us collectively as a church would believe together for five families to attend our church for three consecutive weeks in every quarter of this year. So that, the question is, what, what, you know, and that means that family needs to attend three consecutive Sundays. Now, why is that? Let, let me tell you why, real simple. Um, church statistics teach. If, you, if, if somebody attends a place for three services, 80% of those people will stay and call that their church home, right? Now, we're not interested, once again, about a number. I'm interested in those people that come and set for three weeks getting the word of God into their life so that one of two things can happen. They can be set free if they need to be set free. But number two, so that they can get equipped and they can reach people in their life that don't have to church home. So uh, if you call this your church home, it is a directive from the Holy Spirit for you to be praying about who can I invite and not just say, hey, you want to come to church with me, but hey, would you make a commitment to attend church with me for the next three weeks? For the next three weeks. I'll treat you to lunch or we'll grab a cup of coffee beforehand or whatever, but figure out whatever hook you need to use. But get them here, right? And it's not to grow the, it's not, I mean, certainly it's to grow the church, right? But it's not about, it's not about that. It's about people. God loves people. And I can tell you there was a day when, when I would promote this because I wanted to grow the church. But I can tell you, you know, that is not my heart. That is not who I am as a pastor. I love people. And I want to reach people. And I want to stand before Jesus one day and say, man, we reaped as many people as we possibly could for you because you died for us. Amen. And so 54321, five families, three constructive weeks to one growing body in Christ. And so who can you invite to attend a church with you this next three months for three consecutive weeks? Um, and then let them make a decision whether this is the place for them or not, right? But I believe that what we'll see is because you are such great people, look at your neighbor and say, you're awesome. They're going to want to stay. They're going to love you because this is a great place to meet friends, worship God, hear the word, and be a blessing. Amen? Amen. All right. I want to, uh, and so I would encourage you to come out on the uh, end of the month here because we'll be talking about some vision stuff too about the church that I'm excited about and looking forward to that. So um, I want to continue along the series I've been teaching. I started teaching it before Thanksgiving. It's carried us through the holidays and it's probably going to carry us through the end of January. But we've been talking about God's gift of love. And today I want to talk to you about God, the great protector. Everybody say the great protector. First uh, John chapter four verse seven through eight. We're going to read this verse of scripture. We read it every week. If uh, hopefully you can quote it by now, but if you can't, um, we'll read it together, and then we'll just trust God. We'll pray and trust God for what He has for us today. First John chapter four verse seven and eight says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is." love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we approach it today with reverence. We approach it today with our attention focused in on it and our hearts open wide to it. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to just speak through me to your people so that when uh, we hear the words that, that are shared today, they will uh, plant seeds of grace and truth and faith in our hearts. That we won't just convey mental knowledge, but a transfer of something spiritually will take place in us this morning. And that we'll be able to say, my life is better. I'm spiritually better because I came to church today. And so, Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're faithful to that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Now notice, uh, you know, we point this out every week, and uh, I hope it doesn't become redundant, but uh, I think it's necessary. You know, the Bible says we learn line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, repetitious is how we learn sometimes. And so I hope this isn't repetitious, some of the things I'm going to share to set this up. But what we see here in 1 John chapter 4 is that, that, that uh, what John says is, is that we are to be people that walk in love, but in order to walk in love, we have to know God. You know, what that means is this, you know, you can, you know, there's a lot of talk in the world about, you know, love and acceptance and, you know, you can try to do that in your human strength, but if you just do it in your human strength, you'll grow weary in it, right? And, and I can tell you if, if you, if you don't know that to be true, then just drive in some traffic for a short period of time and try to walk in love, right? Your human nature gets a hold of you. But what this verse of scripture tells us is that if we know God, if we experience him, that word know doesn't mean just knowing him up here. It means if you've come to know him, you've experienced him, right? Sort of like, you know, I know about, you know, the presidential candidates, but I don't know them, right? And he's not talking about knowing about God. He's talking about knowing him where you've gained knowledge of him and then you've, he's, he's gained entrance into your life. And when you know him at that level uh, and, you, and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, it changes your life. It actually takes a nature out of you that struggles to walk in love and it places within you his very nature so that you're no longer trying to walk in love. You're just allowing him to live through you. And that's what that verse says. It says, for us to walk in love, then we have to know who God is because when we share the truth about who God is, what the scripture teaches us is God always watches over his word to perform it. So when we talk about God in a certain light, if we will accept that into our heart, he'll show up and confirm that word in our life about who he is. He'll make it real to us. And so, you know, uh, we said then that if that's the case, then we need to know who God is. And so what we've done is we've really tried over the last nine weeks, this being the 10th week we've taught on this, is to really dig into the scripture and understand who is God? Who is he? And, first, and, and, and as we look at that opening text, it says very simply this, God is love. Everybody say God is love. So everything we know about God has to be interpreted in light of that truth. You know, I think sometimes people, you know, uh, they'll see certain truths about God, maybe his judgment or maybe his anger or maybe his wrath, and those are certainly aspects of who he is. But they'll hone in on those things and not interpret that aspect of who he is through the lens of the fact that he is a God of love, Right? And that God of love actually has, it dictates and it guides and even leads his anger and wrath at times or judgment if necessary. And so what we find is God is love. And so we went to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8 and we find a definition of what love is. And God is love, right? So, and what we find then is a definition of who God is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says love is patient Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. There's a picture of love. When that verse of scripture in 1 John says God is love, it, means, it, it says God is agape. That's the Greek word, agape. And this verse here says agape is this. So we'd be doing no disservice to actually say God is this. This is the character of God we're looking at. This is the nature of God. You know, I've said this every week just about. Oftentimes when we read that verse, we read it in light of ourselves. Love is patient, so I got to be patient, right? Love is kind, so I got to be kind, and that's certainly a truth. We want to display the character and nature of Christ. But what this verse is really showing us is who God is. 
And so, and so we've actually taken that verse and just replaced the word God for love because God is love and love is God. So that there's, there's no disservice in that. And what it, it reads this way then. Listen to these words. Man, I'm so emboldened to share this this morning. It says, God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. Thank God. Aren't you glad for that? We already covered that one. We won't preach on that one again. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. You, you, you stick with God, and you, he never fails. He'll never fail you. Amen? Amen. And so we've talked about a lot of different attributes in verse 4, 5, and 6, but today I want to hone in on verse 7. And I want to talk about this particular aspect of who God is. In verse 7, the very first part of that verse, it says, love always protects. Everybody say love protects. And so if, if love always protects and God is love, then God is always in a mood and in, in a mindset to want to protect, right? And so God always protects. Now that word always protects is interesting because if you read that in different translations, it's, it reads a little differently. Uh, you, in, one, in, the, in the King James, it says love bears all things instead of protects. Um, in the Amplified Bible, it says it bears up under anything. Um, and in the NLT, it says love never gives up, right? So those are very different phrases that seem to be a little different, right, than just love always protects. But if you look up this word, this single word, you know, always protects, it's a, it's a word, it's a S-T-E-G-O, it's a, it's a uh, Greek word. If you look it up in Strong's Word Studies, this is what that word says. It means a place under roof to cover over with a roof, to endure because it's shielded, bearing up because under the protection of, uh, bearing up because it's under the, excuse me, the protection of a covering, or to cover closely so as to keep water out. And so when we say love always protects and it says endures, or what, it, what it really gives us a picture of is this, and, and I think the Passion Translation encapsulates all of those, uh, those, those translations very clearly when it says this, love is a safe place of shelter. Love is a self, safe place of shelter, so God is a safe place place of shelter. So when we say God is a God of protection, he's the great protector, what we're really saying is, is that God is a God that will protect us, right? He's a safe place to be. He's always, he always provides shelter from the storm. He is our great protector. Everybody say, God is my great protector. Psalm 46 and verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That tells me that he is our protector. When we're in trouble, we can trust him. He's a place of refuge. He's a place of strength for us. If you don't remember anything else I say in this message, here is the thing I want you to take away from. I'm going to give it to you up front, and then I'm going to support it. But here's the thing I want you to remember. God is a safe place to protect us because he will always bear us up and shelter us in difficult times. He will always bear us up and shelter us in difficult times when we abide in his presence. Say it again when they say, God is my protector. 
Now, there are three simple points, just three simple points I'm going to give you this morning to talk about, you know, to, to really talk about this great God of love that, our, that is our protector. And what's the first thing to understand about his protection? Number one, he always desires to protect, right? He always wants to protect us. In this life, you'll never find his desire to protect you to change. See, there are lots of people that question that sometimes. You'll never find the nature of God changing. It says he always protects. And you'll never find the nature of God changing to the point where he says, I don't want to protect that person. Even those that are his enemies will find there's still a heart in him that says, man, I wish they'd turn so I could protect them. We'll find that to be about, so when bad things happen in our life, we need to recognize something then. What? It's not him doing the bad things. Why? Because he's in protect mode. He's not trying to do something to hurt you. He's not trying to do something to punish you. He wants to protect you. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37, we see this heart of Jesus, this enduring desire to want to protect. It says, Jerusalem, this is just right before he's to go to the cross, right as he's standing on the hillside overlooking Jerusalem. He says, Jerusalem or Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, How often, notice this, he says, you that are opposed to God. He he could say, I want to rain fire down out of heaven on your head because you're an enemy of God. I want to judge you because of your wickedness. But that's not what he says here. He says, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you are not willing. See, what we find about Jesus is this. Even if you resist him, even if you don't accept him, he is still saying, please give me the opportunity to be a part of your life so I can protect and help you. He is our great protector. That's why in difficult times when things go wrong in our life, we should not run from him. We should run to him because he's not angry with us. He's not mad at us. We should run to him instead of questioning or getting angry with him as to why he didn't protect us. Let me tell you why that's a dumb question to ask. Because he always protects. When something bad happens in your life, there's a tendency in us as human beings. I don't know about you, but it happens with me at times. I've got to be careful about that. To want to point the finger at God and say, why did you let this happen? And what you're saying is, you didn't protect me. But if he always protects, then that's a wrong question to ask. Right? You may not see some things the way he sees some things. And you may not understand some things. And when you're going through difficulty in your life, you don't want to be questioning the one that wants to protect you. You'd be much better off just saying, I don't understand that, but I'm running to my shelter. I'm running to my refuge. Why? Because I know he always wants to help me. I don't know why it happened. I thought I was doing everything right. Life changed. Problem in my lap. I'm not going to say, God, you didn't protect me. I'm going to say, somewhere, somehow that happened. I don't understand it, but I'm running to my protector, my shield, my fortress that I can lean on in times of trouble. See, one thing we have to understand is this, is that God has no, bad, no, no hand in the bad that happens in our life. It's just a product of life. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little, bit, a little bit of help, right, on the question, why did you let this happen? I can tell you this. When you say, why did you let this happen, there is an assumption that he allowed it, even if he didn't do it. Because there's some people that say, well, he allowed it. He didn't do it, but he allowed it. That assumes that he had the right to stop it, and he didn't allow it to stop. Well, that's just as bad as doing it, if you ask me, right? 
See, the thing about God is this. He's all-powerful. We talked about this last Wednesday night. You ought to go back and listen to that message. But we talked about this. He's all-powerful, but he doesn't always have the authority to intervene when he wants to. He wants to protect, but always he doesn't have the authority. You say, well, what do you mean he doesn't have all authority? Well, let me ask you a question. I, I share this one all the time. I didn't have this plan, but this scripture says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So his will... His desire is that everybody gets saved. But do some people die sinners and split hell wide open? Well, why didn't he just save them if he has all authority? He doesn't. We have rights in our life as human beings that he's given us, legal, spiritual rights to choose what we want to choose in life. And if we so choose to not live under his protection, it ain't his fault when that dog bites us. The reality is, is that God is always standing by, even when we don't step under his, and he's saying, I I am willing, I have never changed my desire to help you and protect you. He's he's our great protector. Aren't you glad to know that? That the God, the all-powerful God of the universe, if we'll just open our heart to him, he can protect us, and he will protect us. John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus said this. He says, you know, bad things are going to happen sometimes in life, right? He said, I have told you these things. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. So notice, first of all, he says, I'm telling you this so you'll have peace. Now, if you just stop with the next few words, you'd be like, are you crazy? That don't give me no peace at all. Because what does he say here? He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Well, that's not... (laughs) How'd you like to wake up that with that in your promise box this morning? Thus saith the Lord, you're going to have trouble today. Well, if you live very long, you know that's probably true. There is trouble that always raises its ugly head, right? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, I want to give you some peace. The peace comes from the second part of that verse. He says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What's he saying? He's saying, I've conquered your problem. I've conquered your storm. I am your source of shelter. So when you don't have peace, when you don't think that you can make it, when it looks like uh, life's going wrong and you don't understand why, run to me and you can be peaceful because you'll know I will protect you and I'll take care of you. Good chance to say amen there. Can I get an amen? See, even for the most devout followers of Jesus, I don't care how perfect you think you are, and you may, be, you may be the most pristine, perfect Christian that ever walked the face of the earth since the Apostle Paul. But Jesus said you're still going to have problems. So what that tells me is that problems in life are inevitable. Sometimes life just jumps up and bites you, even though you're doing right, living right, serving God and everything else. Sometimes the devil, vicious devil, he steals, kills, and destroys. He roams about like a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. He's going to jump into your life and try to do things. So when those problems show up, instead of saying, God, why did this happen? Right? We should say, I'm running to my shelter because I know that ain't got nothing on me. I'm going to get through this one. Amen? He is our shelter. He's always willing to help us. Never lose your faith in the fact that Jesus is the one that always wants to protect you. He's not the one bringing the problems into your life. Lack of God's protection from evil of this world is always the product of somehow man stepping out from under the protection that God offers. 
somehow, whether it's a lack of faith, whether it's a failure, whether it's just humanity, whether it's life jumping in there and, and, and there's a chink in your faith armor, whatever it is, but it's never God. He's always saying, I don't care even if you messed up, even if the problem, even if your faith's wavering, if you'll just lean on me, I'll help you fix it. He's always in the mood to protect. He always desires to protect. What's another aspect of this God of love that always protects? Not only is he always desire to protect, here's the next one, this is important. He's always faithful to protect. He's always faithful to protect. See, not only does he desire to protect you, but he will do it if you'll trust him. See, here's the thing about it. Have you ever heard somebody that, you know, you know, what is it, the road to hell is, is laid with good intentions? <laughs> you ever heard somebody say, well, I really wanted to do it, but I just didn't? Well, that's a product of a person who has a desire but's unfaithful to the desire, right? I wanted to, you know, uh, forgive them, but I just couldn't. No, yeah, you could. You got the love of God in you. You just decided you didn't want to do it, right? So what we find to be true with God is this. He is faithful to protect you. If you put your trust in him and you align yourself under the shadow of his wings, he will protect you. He will. I don't care what you're going through this morning. I don't care what you're facing. See, I don't, know how, I don't know how to fix this. Well, great, you don't know how, but he does, so get under the umbrella where the blessing is, right? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, But the Lord is faithful. That's a chance to shout hallelujah. Everybody say, the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. I mean, that tells me this, that he's faithful to do just what he said there. He will always be faithful to, if you call upon him to guard you and protect you from the evil one. You say, well, I know some people that it didn't happen. Well, guess what? Just get under the spout. If it didn't happen, quit questioning why. Quit pointing the finger. Oh, God didn't. No, it wasn't God. Because he's always the protector, right? So just jump under there and say somehow it went wrong. Somehow maybe I missed it, but I ain't got to figure that piece of it out because he didn't ask me to. He just said, trust me and I'll help you. He is faithful. He's not the well-intentioned God that doesn't follow through as his intentions. You'll never hear God saying, well, I wanted to do it, but I just didn't. That, that, you'll never hear those words out of his mouth because he's faithful. 1 Corinthians, even when we go through difficulty. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Everybody say, no temptation. So there are going to be times where you as a believer, this is written to believers. How many of you have accepted, if you've accepted Jesus, raise your hand, make the devil mad, make Jesus glad, wave it around. All right. If you're a believer, this is written to you. No temptation. That tells me there's no temptation that has come upon you. So that tells me there are going to come times where temptation, where trials, where difficulty comes upon your life. There's no temptation that has come upon you what is common to humanity. The first thing is this. The first thing the devil always tries to tell you when you go through a difficult moment is this is a unique case and nobody's ever faced it before and you're going down because it's such a unique case. You ever had those thoughts run through your mind? Oh, God, nobody's ever faced this problem before. I mean, maybe a little bit like it, but man, not like this. What this verse says is there's no situation that you're going to face that such is common to man. But notice the next part. Here's the great part. But God is faithful. Man, that makes me almost want to jump and shout. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. See, a lot of people think that means he's going to allow it to sit there long enough. Man, you've got to be careful about how you read the scriptures, right? Don't read the scriptures in light of a God who's always trying to make it hard on you. 
Read the scriptures in the light of a God that's always for your victory, that always wants to bless you, that always wants to help you because he does. That is the God we serve. And so it's not saying he's going to leave you there as long as you can take it. And at the last minute, he's going to come swooping in and help you, right? You know, I remember when I was growing up in the, uh, as a kid in the 70s, my brother had a, you know, how many of blacklight posters? How many of you remember those? How many of you don't know what a blacklight poster is? Uh, so everybody does know what a blacklight poster is? You don't know? You know, Scripture says, let him that is ignorant be ignorant still. I'm joking. I'm joking. A black light poster is a poster you put on the wall and you shine this light at it and it lights up and shows these goofy pretty pictures. Well, my brother had one of this cat hanging by a, 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 a branch and it said at the top of it, hang on baby, Friday's coming. <laughs> I think some people think that's where God feels about us. He's yelling down there, hang on, I'll get there eventually. Just hang on, endure it as long as you can, right when you're about to slip, when your fingernail's about to fall off your fingers from gripping so hard, then I'm going to come help you. But that's not a God that's always desiring to protect. The minute it happens, he wants to protect you. And what that verse is saying is, is when that temptation comes, he's not going to let you be tempted to that point. But with the temptation, notice this, he will provide the way out. Everybody say the way out. Woo, this is good news. He will provide you the way out that you may be able to bear it. Well, what is the way out? Let me tell you what the way out. He is the way out. Jesus said, I am the way. What is the way of escape? See, when we're looking for the way out, what are we looking for? Where's the door? What does he want me to do? What's next? To, and all of a sudden it becomes a work that he wants us to do to get out of it. But what he's saying is, is when you're going through a difficult time and you feel like you're waning in your strength, if you'll turn to me, I'll take care of it. You ain't got to figure it out. Because I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He will answer, I am here to protect you. Isaiah 41 and verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, what's he saying? He's saying, I don't just desire to help you. I don't just desire to be your protection. I will be your protection. Even when people, everybody say people. Don't you love people? <laughs> you know, the only cross we've been really called to bear as believers is to love people. <laughs> you know why it's a cross? Because people can be stupid sometimes. including ourselves, right? They can be vicious, mean, and everything else. And even when people rise up against you, God says, it don't matter, I'm still going to protect you. See, one of the biggest hurts that we can find in our life where we feel like there's a storm in our life, there may be, you, you may be here this morning, I talked a little bit about this last Sunday, you may be here this morning, you may think you're going through a storm because somebody did you wrong. If they hadn't have just done this, if they hadn't have just done that, you're focusing on the storm instead of focusing on your way out. Right? Even when people do you wrong, even when people set you back, and how many really people can do things sometimes and set you back? If you'll learn to run to your shelter instead of, instead of placing confidence, I mean, God's really challenging me in this. And put your confidence in me, I will be your shelter and I will be your deliverer, I will be your strong tower. 
See, notice what Isaiah 54 and verse 15 says. I love this verse. It so defines the nature of God. It says, if anyone does attack you, it will not be my, my doing. Whoever attacks, you, whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Notice what he said. He said, if anybody attacks you, it won't be me that did it. Oh, they just sent them into my life to teach me. God didn't send somebody to attack you and cause problems in your life. The devil does that. Mean people do that. And what he says there is you need to understand that I didn't do it, but I'm going to get you out of it if you trust me. Verse 16, see, it is I who created the blacksmith. Now, once again, I want you to read this in the light of a God that wants to help you instead of a God that wants to punish you. Because a lot of people have used this verse to see, see, God creates evil too. God creates destroyers. He does create destroyers, but destroyers of what is the question. And we're going to find out. He says, see, it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. It is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. See, some people say, well, see, God created the devil to cause problems. That, that, that destroyer that he's talking about is not the devil. Because we read in the next verse what he's going to destroy. Right? What is the next verse? No weapon formed against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is the vindication for me. What is he saying? He's saying, if somebody attacks you, it ain't for me, but what you need to understand is, I created warring angels, and warring angels, if necessary, will come to your disposal to bring to naught that word that has been brought against you, that pain that has been brought into your life, and you will prosper to which I've called you to instead of allowing that thing to set you back. So you need to understand that God is the great protector. He is faithful. Isaiah 59 and verse 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. For he will come like a rushing stream, which is the breath that the Lord drives, of the Lord that drives. What's he saying? When the devil comes, when the enemy comes, when people come, when problems come that show up in your life to try to harm you, you need to recognize there's a strong tower you can run to. There's a cloud that you can step under. There are wings that you can abide under. And he'll say, guess what? When that happens, you are mine. And I'm going to protect you. I'm going to send angels. I'll do what's necessary to bring you out of that situation. See, God is not only desiring to protect you, but he is faithful to protect you if you'll allow him to. Not only that, what's the last point? I said three points, right? Got to get you all to the restaurants before the denominational churches. <laughs> he desires to protect you. He's faithful to protect you. But here's, 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 here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of the God we serve. He is always available to protect you. Not only is he always willing, not only is he always faithful, but he's always available. His protection is not just for Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. It is open 24-7 in your life. When you need it and you need him, you can call upon him. And his answer is not, wait till Sunday. His answer is, I will help you right now. I will help you right now. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and sooner or later they'll be safe. That's not what it says. 
He says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. When we lift up the name of Jesus and we speak the name of Jesus to our situation because we're running to the shadow of the Almighty, when that happens, it says you run into it and at that moment you are safe. You ever driven by uh, uh, Krispy Kreme to get donuts and the hot now light was not on? Doesn't that suck? Sorry, that's probably not proper pulpit language. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God's hot now light is never off. When you come running, the donuts are ready. When you need his protection, it's always available. And notice something about this. It says he's a strong tower. Everybody say strong tower. You know, I don't know, uh, you know, we think in mental images. So when you think about a strong tower, I don't know if you've watched, you know, medieval movies or anything, but probably at some point in that movie there was a strong tower that was showed. He is that strong tower. How many of you realize that strong tower don't have legs? It don't get up and walk somewhere and go somewhere else. It's always immovable and right there. And what we need to understand about God is, is that he is not only willing to protect and faithful to protect, protect, but he's always right there. He's always open. The door is always open for you, for you to find protection with him. Notice in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Another way to say that, real simple, is if you're willing and obedient, you'll bide under his protection. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be destroyed with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And notice what it says there. Strong tower, willing and obedient, you're in the tower. But if you choose to refuse and obey, disobey, you walk out of the tower. No longer are you in that protection, but the protection's still there. Right? Still available. The hot now light is still on. Right? 24-7, we don't close. So the question is, when we run into problems and difficulty in our life, it's not because he turned the light off. It's not because he moved. It's not because the tower of strength decided not to be available to somebody. It's because somehow, someway, we made a choice and got out of that. How many of you realize you ain't perfect? You ain't perfect. In God's eyes, you're righteous, but you may not be perfect. And the arrogance to stand before God when a problem shows up and point the finger at him and say, why didn't you protect me? The arrogance of that comment. Instead of saying, God, I am a mere human being. I understand you call me your righteousness and overcome, but somehow I missed the mark. Somehow I'm out here. If you don't know, if you do know, you just know, right? I did this and I, I, I messed up. But there are times where you're like, why did this happen? Not to him. You say, I, I don't know how I missed it, but you didn't miss it. I'm out from under the protection. But you know what I'm going to do? I ain't got to figure out how I missed it. All I got to do is run back to the tower. All I got to do is step back in there and say, Lord, I don't know, but your grace, oh, your grace is sufficient for me. And it will protect me. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, some of you Word of Faith people probably have a hard time with this one. I'm a Word of Faith person. But I remember growing up as a kid playing a game called Midnight Ghost in the Graveyard. Remember playing that, Shannon? How many of you know what that game is? How many of you don't know what that game is? All right, well... It was, a fun little, it was a fun little game. Maybe the title was not a good godly title, but it was basically this. You know, you had somewhere in your yard that was the base. The front, front porch was the base a lot of times. And, uh, and one person was called to be the ghost. And you had to run around the house 
without the ghost catching you to get back to the base, right? And so, you know, we'd play that game, and if somebody caught you, then, then there were two ghosts. You know, it's sort of like sharks and minnows that kids play in the pool, but it was, and I, we had a lot of fun playing that game, right? And we always played it at night because it made it more, you know, maybe it wasn't right to do that, right? I don't know, but it, I turned out okay, I guess. But we run around, and we, we you know, and, and so, you know, uh, and so I'm, I'm reminded, I'm just, I'm just reminded of this story as I'm thinking about the protection of God. Because, you know, many times we may step off home base and find ourselves being chased by something we don't want to be chased by. But in that situation, I never stopped once and said, how did I wind up here when I was playing that game? I just ran home. I ran to the base. See, that's the beauty of the God we serve. He never moves. He's always there. Not only is he willing, not only is he faithful, but he's always available. And we run into problems in our life. If we'll run to him, he will help us. You may not even find the immediate deliverance you're looking for, but I'll tell you what you will find. You'll find strength to sustain you until the deliverance shows up. Because I've said this many times, God don't always settle up on Friday. He don't always settle up at the end of the month, and he don't always settle up at the end of the year. And sometimes when that, that life gets in the way and things take time, right, it can be hard on your flesh and you can get tired. And when you find yourself getting tired, let me tell you what's happened. You've stepped out from under the covering and protection of God. And all you got to do is step back in there and say, wait a minute, I, I need to fall back into my great high tower because I know he's going to help me. And you know what he'll do? He'll infuse you with spiritual strength. Even though the problem may hadn't left yet, he'll infuse you with spiritual strength. He'll remind you of his promises. He'll speak tender words to you, and faith will rise up in you so that you can look at the problem and say, you know what, I ain't worried about that problem because I ain't moved by what I see. I'm moved by my great protector, and he told me I'm going to be okay. Amen? See, God always protects. As the musicians come, he's always willing to protect you. Remember this. His answer to protecting you is never no. Never no. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how wrong you've been in your life. If you come to him for protection, his protection answer is always I will. Why? Because my nature is to protect. And you just pulled the trigger on my gun of protection. I'm going to pour it out on you now. Amen? Amen? He's always faithful to protect when we allow him to. I always say when we allow him to, right? Because here's the thing with God's protection. It's, it's not, when we say he's faithful to protect, it doesn't mean everybody gets protected. And it's not because he withheld protection. It's because they didn't open the door. You know, in, in, in the psalm, it, you know, um, uh, he, uh, uh, the, the psalmist talked about, uh, he actually is speaking for God, and he's speaking to the nation of Israel about the time when they wandered in the wilderness, and he said, you know, you, you guys complained about manna because it got old and you didn't want it. He said, I would have fed you with honey from a rock, but you would not. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. When we're not being protected for something in our life, I can tell you, it's always the case we just didn't open our mouth wide enough. We're not abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. We're not setting in the tower where the protection is. And it's not God saying, well, you ain't sitting in my tower, so I ain't protecting you. It's because you made a choice that I don't want to live in that place. But the beauty of it is, is the light's always on. 
He is that lighthouse in a storm, that light, that light that never goes out, that's beckoning and saying, I am that safe place and harbor. I want you to listen to these beautiful words of protection that God gives to us as believers. 16 verses. One of my most favorite portions of scripture in the Bible. It says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Woo! And my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. That's sickness. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the error that flieth, flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Whoo! Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. When is it? You say, well, I've, I've seen the reward. My, are you under the shadow? <laughs> because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall there any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels, those warring angels we talked about, those destroying angels he talked about. You think the devil's the only one that's got warring and destroying angels? They make war in the heavens and spiritual places to free up God's blessing in our life. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thy dash, thou dash thy foot against the stone. Well, I dashed my foot. I didn't experience that. Quit asking why and run to the shelter so you don't dash it the next time, dummy. Right? Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, thou shalt trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me, because he has set his love upon me. Because you turn your heart to him and say, Lord, I love you. I recognize you are the great protector. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Woo! I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? This is our loving, faithful protector, God, that he says, I always protect. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love or God and God always protects. They, love and God, are a safe place of shelter. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing. He is a safe place of shelter. I want to tell you a story to close things out this morning. Lisa, wave your hand. Where's Lisa? There she is. Everybody give Lisa a hand. Let her know we love her and Wes. She does a lot of things behind the scenes that nobody knows. She oversees our offering counting team. She is a great blessing. Great help to me and to the church. Well, about six months ago, Lisa came forward in a service. Uh, she had a cyst that was attached to a, a part of her body that was an important part of her body. And the doctors told her she was going to have to have surgery. It was a critical situation. But she decided to come forward and run to her shelter. So she came forward and we laid hands on her and we cursed that cyst at the root and told it to dry up and die. Although it was attached and living to that organ. 
Well, two weeks ago, she went in for surgery for that situation. They told her she was going to have to carry around a, a bag, you know, for things and for two weeks, and that concerned her. How many of you know God cares about what concerns you? She went to the doctor. They went in, made the incision, and went to go take care of that cyst, and the cyst was dead and unattached. The doctors actually said to her, we can't explain that. Well, we can explain it, can't we? We ran to our God of shelter. And his answer was, I will faithfully protect you. You know, she walked for four or five months not even knowing that was the situation, thinking for two weeks she's going to have to carry around this uncomfortable bag. She only had to have it for a day or two, right? Three days maybe? Three days instead of two weeks just because of the surgery they did. <laughs> he is a protector. I could tell you other stories of people who ran to God for shelter. Sitting in this church right now, I think of Joey and his little boy and his eye was having some issues. They just ran to the shelter. And it's turned itself around, hasn't it? I'm telling you, he is a God that always wants to protect. And if you'll turn to him, he faithfully will because the door is always open. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that if there be anybody that's going through a storm, maybe it may not be physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's they've, they feel abandoned, they feel like they've made a wreck of their life. Your strong tower is standing for them right now with the door wide open saying, I am here to help you. What you can't figure out, I will, if you'll just run to me. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and no one looking around. If you are here this morning and you're going through a storm and you sense the Spirit of God drawing you right now to say, yes, I want to step in under His protection. I want to run to Him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now and say, yes, that's me, Pastor. I see that hand. Who else would raise their hand and say, yes, Pastor, I want to, I want to, I want to, I see that hand. I just want to wait a moment. I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I'm telling you, if you're going through a storm, maybe you're in a situation where something happened in your life and you don't realize you're even in the storm because you keep attesting to the fact that that wrong, that hurt, is why you are where you are and why you're going to be where you're always going to be there. That's a storm and a lie and a stronghold that God wants to say, if you just run to me, I'll take care of that situation. You'll move right on past it. You'll blow by it. Anyone at all, just anybody else. I just, just wait, I, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, we're going to do something in just a moment. We're all going to stand to our feet. Shannon's going to lead us into a place of worship, thanking God for him being our great shelter. Before we do, I want to make one last question. Just one last question. If you're not here, if you're here and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you're not sure if you died right now, you'd go to heaven or hell. I want to let you know there is a heaven to gain, there is a hell to shun. And the way that we gather that escape is by committing our life to Jesus Christ. It's not by just purchasing fire insurance, by saying, hey, Jesus, I want to get out of hell, right? I want to go to heaven. It's by saying, Lord, I recognize you're a great place that I can put my trust in, so I'm giving you my life. I'm laying down my life to take on yours. If that happens to be you, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you want to do that, would you raise your hand right now and say, yes, that's me. I want to leave here knowing that heaven is my home. 
I want to know he's my Savior. Anyone at all, just wait a moment longer. Okay. If that happens to be you and maybe the public nature of this question, you don't want to deal with it, Nicodemus came in the, in the dark, come tell me. Come tell our prayer partners. They'll pray with you. But what I want to do right now is I want everybody to stand to your feet. Shannon, I want you to lead us to a place of worship for our great God of protection that says, I don't care what you're going through, I will protect you. I will bring you out. I will give you strength to sustain you until the deliverance comes that you're looking for. And if you happen to be here this morning and you raised your hand to that response, I believe there's an anointing here of protection to just give you a boost in your faith. And all I want to do is just agree with you in prayer for the deliverance you're believing for. By you just coming forward, standing here at the front, and I'm going to pray with you while we worship. Not to make you a spectacle, we've all been in places where we need help, and this is an opportunity. The Bible says that there is a power and agreement in prayer, and I want to agree with you this morning. At the altar, if that qualifies for you. Shannon, let's lead us in worship. Let's thank God for our great God of protection. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you raised your hand and you want prayer this morning for what you're going through, just make your way to the front right now. Anyone at all that desires that. Thank you, Lord. 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 He will my shield and portion be. He's your shelter this morning. As life endures. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns thank him for being our strong tower my God my Savior my God my Savior has ransomed me and like God his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace The Lord has promised good to me. Giving shelter in His a moment word, of storm. My hope secure. He will forever be. He will my shield and portion Come on. be. He's our strong tower as life endures. Let's worship him. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy.
thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us through the dark places, the places we find ourselves at in times in life where we naturally want to question why you let us down. Thank you, Father God, that that doesn't even tick you off. Thank you that in this moment we can lay that question down because we know you're always in protect mode and we can run to you. And dark places begin to become light. Strength comes from weakness. Power comes from inability. Opportunity comes from lack thereof. Thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Just open your heart to it right now. I sense the Spirit of God is setting some people free. You are our shelter and a storm. Steady on, steady on, you Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Shelter from the difficult times. Strengthen her until deliverance shows up. Mm, 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 mm. You are my peace. I'm just telling you right now, I'm just telling you, I just got to obey the Spirit of God. I, I sense there are some people that are, and I'm not talking physical pain, you're in some emotional pain because of what you're going through. You may not even realize it. You may be an unemotional person. You don't cry a lot. You know, you don't wear your feelings on your sleeve, but you're going through some pain. It's a storm right now. It's a storm. But it's not from his hand. And the light is on for you. That lighthouse is shining right now saying, just get under the covering of my wings and we'll figure it out together. We'll get you through this. Lord, I thank you for healing pain, the burden of pain that causes you not to want to get up and try again, the burden of pain that causes you just to want to quit. Thank you for delivering from that, for you are a shelter, a place of peace, a safe harbor from the pain. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come, I've been set free. Come on, say those words. God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns unending love. Jesus. Father, we just bless you. We worship you. We thank you that you are our great protector. May we never forget that. When problems show up and trouble arises, that we wouldn't point the finger of blame at you and question why things are happening, but we would open our heart to your goodness and your protection and just run to you and trust you to do exactly what you said you would do. You will deliver. You will protect. You will be our shield.
Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My heart cries out in gratitude that you are just that faithful. I can count on you. <laughs> oh, it's a safe place to be. It's a safe and peaceful place to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Aren't you grateful? Ooh, that brings great peace in life. I mean, wind can blow. I don't know if you saw the images of why they canceled the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game, but man, you couldn't even see. You know, even if the storm's blowing like that in your life, you can just say, I'm stepping into the shelter of the Most High God and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, and I'm going to be all right. Amen? Amen. Well, prayer partners, if you'll make your way to the front over here, if you wanted somebody to pray for you and join hands with you, they're available. But I would tell you, go from this place being excited that you got a great protector. No matter what you're facing, there's always a way out, and he'll bring you out. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for each person here. I pray your blessing upon their life. I thank you your shadow is encompassed about them as they make choices to dwell in your presence. And I thank you, Father, that no harm comes nigh them. You give your angels to bear them up, keep them safe and protected, and to bring them back, bringing people with them to worship with us again so that we can share with them just what a, how a great the God is that we serve, our great protector. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you Wednesday night, hopefully. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.